Everybody, welcome to episode 69 of Fish and Connoisseur Movie. My name's David Pether, but you can call me Fish. With me, as always, is my favorite sack of shit, Tyler McDuff! Well, as you're listening to this now, it will actually be the new year. We're in 2016. Happy New Year! Happy New Year, everybody. Here we are. Feels good to be here, to be honest. It feels good. It's the end of 2015. We are recording this currently on the 31st of December, so the very last day of 2015. That's right. We don't we don't rest. We don't sleep. All we do is podcast up until That's the it. very last minute of the year. Four movies in four days, which is pretty fucking insane as well, to be quite honest. Well, that's it. We're about to do our Boxing Day Bonanza. Oh, my God. Which we, we started this tradition last year. We did the four movies that came out on Boxing Day, uh, on Boxing, Boxing Year, Boxing Day, then... And now we're doing the same thing. We had uh, Daddy's Home, Joy, Alvin and the Chipmunks, The Road Chip, good and The Good Dinosaur. And we really kind of got fucked this year because Boxing Day was a Saturday. Our movies normally come out on Thursday here in Australia. So we get like a few a few days to see them. We get the whole weekend. And that's usually just doing one movie. And me and Connor will normally record on what, like a Monday or Tuesday to get the episode up on a Wednesday. And now we're like, shit, we've got to see four movies <laughs> in this small amount of time and then review them as well. But we fucking did it. We got through it. We've beaten the Boxing Day Bonanza again. Fuck you, Boxing Day. Yeah, I'm fucking excited, to be honest. I'm really, really happy that we, uh, we fucking got here in the end. Like, last year, it was a complete fucking mess, us trying oh, to yeah. see these films. Like, oh, my God. And I think because of how horrible it was last year, this year, we've come back. We know more, we're new, we're fresh, and we're bloody ready. I tell you what, we're bloody ready for this this one. I'm so ready. It's going to be excellent. I'm so ready. Did you do any double-ups? I did a I did a double-up of uh, Elvin and the Chipmunks and The Good Dinosaur in one day. How'd you go? I did uh, Good Dinosaur and, uh, not Joy, the uh, Daddy's Home in one day. Yeah. It had to be done. We had to, we had to double up. Let's be real. Yeah. <laughs> we had we didn't have long at all. Well, listen, I reckon we should just get straight into it because we've got let's a lot to talk it. about. Well, let's kick off with Daddy's Home. And you know what? Because it's the new year, I'm going to do a synopsis for you. How's that sound? That sounds like a fucking a lovely a lovely idea. I'll tell you what. <laughs> all right. Well, Brad played by Will Ferrell who just wants to be a good dad. He's is just making progress with his stepkids when Dusty, Mark Wahlberg, the kid's biological father rocks up. Better than Brad in almost every way, Dusty forces his way back into his family's lives, but then realizes it's all the little things that Brad excels at that makes him a better father to their children, like packing lunches and dealing with the pressures of the school pickup line, 
Eventually, the two work together to bring the kids a better life, and Dusty moves just down the road with his new family, where the tables are turned as he has to deal with the stepdad of his new stepchild, played by fucking John Cena. That's a good synopsis. Good job. Fucking smash that shit out. We don't have time to fuck around today. (laughs) We've got to get through four fucking movies. I know, I know. Now, what did you think about, now that we've got the plot out of the way, I'm a little yep. shocked at how quick you got through it. Uh, what did you think <laughs> about Will Ferrell in this film? Well, you know, and our listeners will know, that I am a big Will Ferrell fan. Yep. I loved Get Hard. I love, 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 love the Anchorman movies. I, pretty much anything with Will Ferrell in it is a fucking win for me. And he brought the Will Ferrell A-game that I expected. I loved him in this film. Yeah? I mm. See, I love Will Ferrell as well. I think we both have always been big fans. I didn't like Get Hard very much, but I love Land of the Lost. It's actually one of my big faves from him. <laughs> that's so funny because that's probably my least favorite. But I don't know yeah, why continue. people don't like it very much. I think I need to watch it again. Yeah, but yeah. I, I really appreciate it. Uh, Step Brothers. Oh, Step Brothers. How did I not mention that? So Talladega good. Nights, yeah. Semi Pro. Like These are f- fantastic Will Ferrell films. But to be honest, I feel like what's happening to him now is that he's getting typecasted into a different role than what he's normally played and it's kind of shitty and, oh yeah what do you what do you mean well i what mean like 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 i mean like if we remember in get hard he played like a not like a loser white guy who was a net yep. you know socially at everything um sort of anything that was real he was very good at being a nerd basically you know yeah, yep, yep. and in this it's the same character as it was really in get hard where he's successful but he's a fucking loser and then yep. there's this other guy who kind of is the polar opposite. And so I'm really not digging that formula that they seem to be going with with Will Ferrell. And I don't think he brought it here. I think Will Ferrell did what he could, but I, I just I didn't appreciate it as much as other Will Ferrell films. Yeah, I'm hearing you. I'm hearing you because definitely his better films are where he plays a dick. Well, yeah, well, he's he's got... He's actually really talented. Like, he's such a talent. And when he's obnoxious or arrogant or cocky or he's got an actual personality to him, I really like him. But when he plays like a loser, like when he, when his character is a fucking loser, and not because all of his characters are fucking losers, like Brennan, <laughs> Brennan from Step Brothers is a fucking loser. But I'm like, when... Yeah, but he's an arrogant loser. Yeah, when, but when his character is just a loser, like a nice guy loser, it's really hard for me to kind of get into because he already is a loser. And the whole humor is from him actually being a talent. But in this, he's nothing short. Like, he's just this fucking lame guy. And I didn't really like that at all. Yeah, yeah, that's a fair point. Because I I definitely would say that I prefer him as Brennan, the arrogant loser. Or Anchorman, uh, you know, a loser who kind of has some sort of success. Which is most of his characters as well. Like, you think of Jackie Moon um, in Semi-Pro. Jackie Moon going wrestle a bear. Yeah, like he's a piece of shit and he and he has all the money and owns the tropics, but nobody yeah. likes him. He's actually a loser. Like, you know, That's so it. He, he's always playing the loser, but it's just that funny arrogance that works. And I guess he really has the, the, the two typecasts and it is that style and then this style. And I don't like, like I said, I, I quite like Get Hard. I actually watched Get Hard again yesterday. I got it. I got it for Christmas and um and had a watch of it again and and. I really, really like that movie, and and Will Ferrell plays this type of loser so well, and I yeah. think that's that's why I can get behind it because it's just the other version of Will Ferrell, 
Speaking of that, what was that other one that he did with Mark Wahlberg? Um, the other uh, guys. The other guys. He does it well in the other guys, though. You th- oh, okay, because like, like, yeah, I guess they're a little bit different, but I think he played up the the loser a little bit more. Oh no, he in was the other he guys. was the fucking loser in that, like for sure. But I I think the other guys was just a better written film, and I think Will Ferrell being this way isn't the only thing that makes this film. You know, that, that stops me from really getting behind him and being like, eh, you kind of missed the mark. But it is a big part. And I don't know what it is about this aspect of Will Ferrell that I'm really not enjoying. But I think I just like him more when he's playing kind of like a more over-the-top character. And you know I'm a big Will Ferrell fan. Yeah, 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 definitely, definitely. It's, it's like when you see um, Ben Stiller, he can play, you know, White Goodman or yeah. he can play, like, just the guy in the night at the museum. Like yeah. I, I like him in both, but I definitely prefer white Goodman. White Goodman yeah. is fucking hilarious. I kind of like how charming he is. I just like how innocent he is. And it, it, it's, it's such a nice contrast to, you know, what Mark Wahlberg eventually brings. Um, should we talk about him? Yeah, go for it. You, you go off. What, what did you think about? I, Mark okay. Wahlberg? Like, look, it, it, what, what happens in this film? And, and this is kind of like what kind of bugged me as well is like, so this is clearly Will Ferrell's movie, right? In when we start watching the film, he's the protagonist. We're following him, and then Mark Wahlberg comes along, and basically he is perfect. Like he, that's the whole joke is that he's this perfect human in every mm. regard, except for in the way that he can't take shit. Like he's not good at being an actual dad, which is which is apparently what being a dad is it's all, all about, about. According yeah. to this film, is you've got to just keep taking shit, which and, I don't doubt. And so that's great, but I mean. There comes a point in this film where they kind of want you to start really liking Mark Wahlberg and they want you to start really appreciating him and, like, it becomes, like, who will be the dad? And it's kind of pitched that way and it's kind of advertised that way is that they're both there as equals fighting it out. But really, you know it's Will Ferrell and Mark Wahlberg's whole character is he's just kind of an arsehole till till the end until he actually kind of, like, is has a bit of personality to him. Like, basically at the very end. Like, once he, Will Ferrell punches him in the face is the only point where he kind of, like, starts being a nice guy. And mm. before that, I just kind of looked at him as, like, a bad guy. It's just, like, this antagonist. Whereas I was expecting him to be more like in the other guys where there are these two very different characters who have their own personalities and are both protagonists. Instead, I've got a protagonist and an antagonist, and I'm not really too... It didn't feel like he was a co-star. Like, it didn't feel like he was... I just... I don't know. I, I just yeah. wish they were on the same side a bit. Like, I wish they were fighting... They, they had equal ground, but you knew it was going to be Will Ferrell from the beginning. Well, the best part of it is is when they are on the same side yeah. later on, when they have the fucking great dance-off, and, you know, they have to combine their sort of skills to for the better of their children that's definitely the best part and i think that's why where these guys work so well and that's why the other guys worked so well was yeah. so fun because they were on the same side and you want to be like we i i love will ferrell just as much as i love mark Wahlberg. like mark Wahlberg is definitely one of my favorite actors like i think that man can just about do anything he can jump from fucking you know full-on serious action films like lone survivor to ted to this, yeah. to other guys, I I think the range that he has, even though he pretty much plays Mark Wahlberg in every fucking movie, I well. like watching Mark Wahlberg. <laughs> so, um, I yeah, I I do agree with you, but I think we needed a bad guy. Like he has to be the bad guy. He's the antagonist. So I saw that from the minute he walked through that fucking <laughs> through that fucking um you know airplane door with the light shining behind him, thunderstruck playing, and he's all kind of badass fucking rocker biker sort of dude i'm like yeah like he's the bad dude it's yeah it's, 
and that's clear. and that's fine. Like I wasn't like upset that there was an antagonist. I was just kind of more upset that this whole time I've been expecting like because of the way the film's pitched and shown, I was expecting more of a competition and less of like Will Ferrell getting shit on for two hours. Yeah. Oh, there's there's a little. There's you don't think there was competition. Look, I mean, like, there's, like, two moments where Will Ferrell kind of has the upper hand, but he doesn't. Like, he never really does. He just gets fucking shit on again and again, like... He continuously, yeah, yeah. And I was kind of, Yeah, it probably did go a little too far. And that kind of was something I was just like, oh, like, there's a moment where it's like, oh, Mark Wahlberg's a good guy, actually. Just kidding. Oh, Mark Wahlberg's a good guy, actually. Just kidding. Oh, like, it happens all the time. Like, it was just... It was getting annoying. Like, it was very predictable. And then, obviously, at the end, they're best mates. It was that sort of movie where you could just kind of tell what was happening in every... Kind of that way. That's exactly right. It's it's um it you know it was predictable from the start. It's a it's a Will Ferrell comedy. Yeah. It's this it's this family friendly almost not not quite family friendly but it's that American style comedy that we've seen over and over. Like this this same director did like Sex Drive, uh, Horrible Bosses two, um, co wrote Dumb and Dumber two. All those movies, the same sort of style, yeah. same sort of like you can tell basic, where they're going to go from the start. It's basic like, comedy basically. Yeah, like- and. Like, I've gone on the podcast over and over saying that I like that. I like that sort of stuff because yeah. I like the predictability. There's something comfortable in it. Um, I know these guys already. Like, I feel like we already know these characters. He's already seen these guys play these type of characters, um, you know, before. At least Will Ferrell um, and Mark Wahlberg's just Mark Wahlberg, just a little bit more of a dick. So, we've seen that before. And I want them to become friends in the end. And if they didn't, you would be disappointed. So, you know it's going to come that way. And I guess because I just expected there to be a lot of mind games going on because Will Ferrell's character is so um, naive and so he just wants to be... He's such yeah. a good guy that he just believes in the good of everybody. Like, <laughs> and Dusty just plays with him over and over and over that it continues... Like, you know, like you said, oh, he seems like a good guy, but uh, just joking, he's not. I was okay with that because I expected it, I guess. I wasn't I, I wasn't angry at it. I was just like, oh, yeah. But I do think that maybe it, like, it went a little too far. And you start to get really pissed off for Will Ferrell, though, yeah, which is it, what it, I it, think you, you're supposed to feel. Yeah, but I mean, like, that's the problem is that you kind of get mad. And you're like, fuck Mark Wahlberg. Like, what a fucking asshole. Whereas I would have, <laughs> like, really appreciated if it was more like they were, they were more kind of having they were having about like a competition not really yeah. just Mark Wahlberg being a bad guy like Will Ferrell brings it upon himself occasionally but for the most part it's just it's just Mark Wahlberg fucking him over kind of over well I think again. I think for the fact that you know we do see that he does have a decent sort of side to him yeah. but his his final agenda is is trying to get the family back and he's, he's here to fuck over yeah. like he actually spells it out to him when he's yeah. doing that in that hilarious scene where he's just doing push-ups while they're having a conversation. Oh my God, yeah. <laughs> he's like, you're not even sweating. Um, <laughs> he says straight out to him that I'm here to steal the family. Don't get me wrong. I think we could be mates, but like, I'm here to take my family back and to overthrow you. And the whole, like, you know, when they're telling the bedtime stories and it's all passive aggressive sort of shit going backwards and forwards. Yeah. Like, man, I like, and I think, I think us as dudes, like we always want to be the alpha male. So, for somebody to come into our house and, and take what shit. is, you know, what we've worked so hard for. Like, I think every one of us can, at least guys can sort of relate to that in terms of like, fuck this guy. How dare he come into my yeah. place? So I, I was getting really fucking rowdy in the, in the I was, cinema. I was getting stuff. annoyed as well. And, and it's a good thing. That's what you're supposed to feel. So like, I think they've done what 
they've set out to do and made me feel that way. I don't know. I Look, I mean, like, on another note, like, because I agree completely, it, 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 it kind of set out what it wanted to do, but I just didn't like what it wanted to do, I think. But more importantly, like, comedically, I just didn't find this film very funny. I didn't think this film was that funny at all. I didn't think the writing was very good, and I didn't... I wasn't laughing. There wasn't really ever a point where I was laughing. And I know I'm fucking critical of comedies, because, like, I've grew... Like, comedies are my shit. But, yeah. like, you know, comedies are to me what horror is to you. But I just kind of am mm. like... Nah. Like, it's not well written. It's kind of just... It's just too in your face a little too much. And I know that... And that's not an excuse, because I know that, you know... Will Ferrell is very capable, and Mark Wahlberg are both very funny people and they're very capable of doing very funny things. But, like, just the whole, like, even the dog taking a shit on the floor and, like, the mo- that motorbike sequence where he drives the motorbike through the house, I was just like... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was just like, what the fuck? Am I watching Mall Cop? Like, this is, like, so fucking lame. Like, this just isn't what... Those things are never what made a Will Ferrell film entertaining. Like they, it was always Will Ferrell and his physical comedy and his ability to manipulate dialogue to work for him. Whereas this is kind of relying on very silly, dumb tropes that other very silly, dumb comedies do. And it makes them unfunny as well. Like the fact that you've told me that the guy who directed Dumber Dumber 2 and all these other films, I mean, it makes sense because... That's the same comedy I'm seeing. It just seemed very Hollywood. Like, it just seemed very fresh out of the studio. Like, some guy has written this film. Here it is. Let's make the next comedy. Here you go, Will Ferrell. It didn't feel like there was any heart to it, I think, is what I'm saying. You're right. You're definitely right. It's, it's, not, it's not Anchorman. It's not, it's not that classic Will Ferrell comedy that I've come to expect from him. I did giggle. I was like, like all those jokes that you just brought up, I, ex- besides maybe the dog taking a shit, I, I did have a giggle at. Uh, there was maybe one or two points throughout the film where I, I did a full laugh out loud moment, but yeah. I expect to be laughing out loud the, the entire time. time. Yeah. I definitely think the movie had heart though, because you know it's all about family and stuff and it, 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 in terms of that, but in a comedy heart, uh, probably not. It's just another American comedy um, which, like, I like, but I I can't remember any of the funny lines from exactly. this one. There was nothing, nothing stood out. Yeah, that's right. I like I walk out of Step Brothers quoting the whole fucking movie, you know. Like, yeah. But whereas this one, I, I I remember there was one there was one classic Will Ferrell line where he says something about being angry, but I can't remember what it was. It was hilarious when he said it. But oh, that's his. That's when he gets to be Will Ferrell when he's ranting in the basketball court. Yeah. Like, that bit yeah. was great. Yeah. You know, like, when he fucking hurls the basketball at the cheerleader. That oh, was, that chick. Oh. That was so great. But, I mean, like, that's a moment I've seen 30 times in the trailers that play between every fucking movie I see. So, I'm like, yeah. okay, congratulations. The funniest part in the whole film is done. I thought the flattest part in the comedy-wise was um, the, you know, the handyman that comes around, that Griff. Yeah. Or whatever. Like, he just didn't seem to fit at all no. in this <laughs> Like, is that guy, like, some sort of, like, comedian that I should know about? Because I feel like they've really shoot No, he's an... Hannibal, he's an actor. don't think he's anything except that. Right. Yeah, you know, like, he was, like, they would all just throw, like, a funny thing. You know, they're all sitting around the dinner table and they throw something at Griff and he would just be like, hey, man, you whatever, you do... And I was all like... It was like, we're all waiting for him. It's like, say something funny! And then... It's not really that funny. Not at all, no. Did you get pissed off? Uh, because because I was talking about, you know, the whole alpha male thing and stuff before with, you know, people coming into your house and, and taking over your shit. I got so pissed off at the wife because I was like, 
This is your ex-boyfriend, ex-fucking-husband. Yeah, I... Kick this motherfucker out. When, when... Take some charge. This isn't even his fight. This isn't Will Ferrell's fight. This is your fight. Fucking take charge. There was a point where they were like, that moment where they're sitting on the couch and Will Ferrell's out the front and they're watching yeah. shit. I'm like, fuck you. Like, I'm like, this is... <laughs> that's not fucking on. Like, if I was Will Ferrell, I'd kick the door down and fucking start screaming. Oh, I know, right? So much rage, so much rage. All they needed was a line from Will Ferrell saying, "No, I want to, I want to sort this out myself. Please don't intervene." That that should have been something like that because it makes no sense to me that this woman has just allowed this guy that she supposedly fucking hates back into the world of her family. Like they've they've stayed away from him for so long, and he's been such a piece of shit. Why would she? allow this exactly it fucking kills me like i'm getting mad thinking about it i'm sitting here like <laughs> boiling a little bit I, I think that's the alpha in us again though <laughs> yeah i think i'm just like fuck you but i mean like look i to be honest i wanted to see the film where john cena is the stepdad like yeah, I, know, I wish that right? happened that's... halfway through the film where now they kind of have to be on the same side that would have well been... how's that yeah i think i think that would be a great if they if there was a sequel to this, which I I doubt there will be, but if there was, I would love to see them teaming up against John Cena. We'll get that other guy's feeling that we wanted. Exactly, and that was ah oh, I don't know. Look, I think we're both on the same page, and a lot of and a lot about this film, and I agree with what you said. Like it's just I don't know. It didn't hit the mark for me. All right, well wrap it up. A nice quick review. One of our quickest yeah. ever. What do you give it out of five? It just was a nothing comedy with nothing writing and I was disappointing. I wanted more, but I didn't expect more. I expected exactly what I got. It just wasn't that crash hot. It's pretty fucking average. It's just, it's two out of five. It's not funny, so it's not average. It's two out of five. Whoa, that's pretty low. That's pretty low. Pretty low. Well, again, I got exactly what I expected, pretty much what you said, but that's what I wanted and it gave me what I wanted. I Like, like I said, I, I find it comfortable being in that predictability area and i love will ferrell i love i love mark Wahlberg. i think mark Wahlberg wasn't as cool as he was i didn't actually i didn't say i think they maybe tried too hard with the way he looks as well would you agree with that yeah I like did. he's just in this day and age it's not only bikies who are the tough guys you know like he doesn't have to look like a bikey but anyway and his hair was just stupid <laughs> i did laugh though when he did that um when he sung the jazz the jazz like theme like you're listening to the panda and he sang oh, the thing yeah. or whatever even though that was clearly not his voice <laughs> very obviously Although, not. I don't know, he was a singer back in the day he was not his voice <laughs> at all i don't know that it was sounded, that was an, sounded like seal that was a black man's voice yeah so he wasn't as as good as he as i would normally expect from mark Wahlberg. um i laughed a lot through it just not as much as i expected and the little girl in it was fucking adorable i have to say that as well so it got it had the had enough heart and enough laughs for me to give it a three point five. Well, there we go. That's quite a, a big um, you know abyss between our 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 um, ratings for a while. That's that's, it. Uh, that's nice actually. I like that. Let's kick on. Let's kick on. We're gonna I'm gonna play some music right now. Jazz it up in between reviews. Oh, so we'll yeah. play some a little bit of Elvin and the Chipmunks right now. We're bopping along. Probably okay, Uptown along. Funk. Oh, yep, good yep, song, yep. Uptown Funk, Alvin Chipmunks version. <laughs> what fucking worst version of the song? Hope you're liking it. 
and finish. All right. Well, I'm going to do this synopsis as well because I, I feel like, you know, I'm in a giving mood and then I'm going to make you do the oh, last two. That's sweet. The last two are probably the hardest fucking two to do. So fuck you. Yeah, prob- probably. <laughs> um, all right. So when Dave, played by Jason Lee, seemingly decides to propose to his new girlfriend, Samantha, this will mean that the chipmunks, Alvin, Simon, and Theodore, will be related to Samantha's horror son, Miles, played by Josh Green. Miles does nothing but bullies the chipmunks and dislikes them just as much as they hate him. They all agree that they need to head to Miami, where Dave is allegedly about to pop the question to halt this unholy union. They cause a ruckus on a plane bound for Miami and are put on a no-fly list and then pursued by ambitious flight marshal Suggs. So then they road chip it across America. Along the way, the chipmunks decide that Miles isn't so bad and that they don't really want to stop the engagement. In a shock twist though, it turns out Dave was only holding a ring for his mate in Miami for him to propose to his girlfriend and was never intending on proposing himself. Dave then legally adopts the chipmunks as his children, and they all lived happily ever after. Yay, what a nice, easy plot for a nice, easy (laughs) film. Okay, Elvin and the Chipmunks, you are a lot younger than me, so you've had some sort of background with this? You'd seen the first one? I think I was like, fuck, I'll find out how old I was, but I remember seeing the first Elvin 2007. Man... How old were you in 2007? 2007, I would have You're been... You were an adult. 21. Fuck me. Do you know how old I was when this movie you came out? You would have been... You were nine years younger than me, so you would have been... 12. That's... It took me way too long to figure that out. <laughs> I was... I was 12. 12 years old. So did you see this in cinemas, or was this like a thing... Or were you too old? I saw it. I saw the first one. It was just like a shitty kids movie. It never stuck with me. And then the other ones came out, but I was obviously in my teenage years. I had no interest in them. Too cool for that shit. Yeah. So like, I just never gave a fuck, you know, like yeah. whatever. I clearly it's doing well with kids though. Cause they're fucking eating that shit up. Oh man. Speaking of which, this film made $20 million on its opening weekend in with, with Star shit. Wars. So it uh, it released um, domestically in the US against Star Wars yeah. twenty yeah. million dollars. And you know what? That actually doesn't surprise me. Like I I don't know how how you've been seeing it working at a cinema, but like when I went to see this movie, it was fucking chockers. No, it's not a seat available. I, I'm telling you right now, every single Boxing Day movie has been fairly dead except for um. Uh, Daddy's Home. Daddy's Home is... Oh, like, really? Daddy's Home is selling out. Every single session of Daddy's Home sells out. Far out. That actually really surprises me. I thought the kids' movies would have been the ones killing it. Um, No, Daddy's Home is the only one that's selling out. Alvin the Chipmunks, Good Dinosaur, they're doing fine, but they're not major at all. Not smashing it. Wow. Well, here, because I'm, I'm up, up in Townsville at the mm. moment, spending Christmas up here, and I went and seen this on... Uh, when did I see this? Monday, I think. And yeah, the entire cinema just packed. There were kids lining up around things. And I've I've actually gone to hang out with um you know some of my friends up here. And I'm at that fucking age now where all my friends are having kids, and all their kids are excited yes. about the chipmunks. And I'm all like, what about Good Dinosaur? That shit's Pixar. And they're all like, nah, nah, nah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, like it, when I saw the film, like I saw it with a mate, and we were kind of just being smartasses the whole time. But these kids were into yeah. it. Like this. These guys, whoever's, whoever are writing these films, making these films, they know what five-year-olds are fucking into. Oh, because... man, absolutely. And I, I was the same. The, the, the kids were literally dancing. 
kids yeah. were dancing in in the aisles <laughs> in the Elvin and the Chipmunks screening at Reading Cinemas up here. So mad, like you know, like I've just done the fucking plot summary. It's one of the the flakiest fucking stories of all time, and you barely it barely even goes into that. It's like just in between. It's like a fucking porno. There's just like little bits of story in between yeah. you know the sex scenes or the singing scenes you know what i mean so it's 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 just all dance numbers in this which you know they're they are fun they're a lot of fun I, I, i'll say i was fucking tapping my feet a little bit here and there especially uptown funk i actually quite enjoyed that rendition but the kids man holy shit i yeah, couldn't believe it they were just it. eating that shit up now i need to bring i want to bring something up because this is going to be the first point i want to talk about but the chipmunks are the worst part of this film <laughs> <laughs> yeah the chipmunks are the worst part about the alvin and chipmunk movie um right why do you say that well look this film had some really sort of actual decent moments like i've always said this where comedies whether or not they're for children for adults doesn't matter if the writing's good it's a funny movie uh i.e the yeah. lego movie there's always uh most pixar films there's always ways to make a film funny this movie had those moments says you've got fucking Buster, you've got Buster from Arrested Development in this film playing Suggs. Oh, I loved him, man. He was so good. You can't go wrong very much. And he was really funny in it. Like, he was genuinely entertaining yeah. to watch. And then, like, you know, there's, you know, fucking My Name is Earl is in this film. Yeah, Jason Lee. And, like, I was like, that's awesome as well. But then there's these fucking chipmunks and they're so annoying. I was genuinely like, fuck, I can't stand you guys. Like, I was like, fuck, you're, you're just so fucking annoying, all of you. You're such a pain in the ass. <laughs> I like, yeah yeah they are a bit annoying, but I I find them quite adorable to be honest. Especially that Theodore, the little fat one who they kept making fat jokes about, which I thought was a bit much. Yeah, because I didn't I I did go back and watch the first one. Yeah. Just before watching this, and they don't do anything like that in the original, so I haven't seen. Well, I mean, between. like the first one's about Jason Lee discovering the fact that he's just found fucking talking chipmunks, which I think is yeah. a big deal. And by this, yeah. and apparently. Now, everyone in the world, regardless of whether or not they know who Alvin and the Chipmunks are, are just okay with them fucking talking, so whatever. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> but they are, they are like a sensation. They're like a, yeah. they're pop, pop stars, so everyone knows them, um, and they play up on that, so I get that. But I guess because they're just so friggin' cute, I can kind of understand why they are the focus of the film, like, and that's why kids will love them, and you know, parents will probably love them as well, just because they're... I don't know. I found them fun. I didn't. I didn't think they were really that annoying. What does annoy me though is that they they have like name actors play these these fucking chipmunks, but they all sound the same because they've got a stupid chip pump voice. Yeah. So like Justin Long and Jesse McCartney Jesse are playing. McCartney, what the fuck? And fucking then and the girl the girl chipmunks are played Cooper. by like Anna Ferris and Christina Applegate. And it's like, how would you even know? That like mean like that's that's not even bringing people in. And by the way, Christina Applegate, Anna Ferris, Kaylee Cuco, so Penny from Big Bang Theory, right? These are big shot actors and they're barely yeah. in this fucking film. I know. The girls, I thought the girls were going to be a big thing because they're not in the first one and obviously they come in the sequels yeah. in between this. But I, I actually kind of liked the girl ones. So I was like, I would have liked them to be around a little bit more because the guys, the, oh, they just kept making fat jokes about fucking, about Theodore. It was, it's true. And like, oh man, it was just, it's odd. But I, I did like, um, I did like Suggs. You know, the guy you said from Arrested Development? I thought he was hilarious. He was fucking brilliant. And he fucking just owned it, man. Like, he knew what kind of movie he's in. 
and just fucking went for it. Like he was, you know, he was definitely lame and stupid, but it's it works so well. And any time that he was on the screen, I was just like, yes. But he's chasing them the whole time, and then just gets trapped in an elevator. Yeah. I was like, damn it, I want to, like, a showdown with these guys. And it, that was, like, kind of the weakest part of the whole film, was, like, ah, oh, here's the antagonist, and he's gone. Like, I was like, come yeah. on, are you serious? Because he was such a presence the yeah. entire time, and then just... Because I actually, I you know, I managed to bring a friend along to this, and I turned to her, and I said, what the... Where the fuck did Suggs go? Yeah. What, what <laughs> then, happened there? But he did have... I guess he had that, you know, in the credits, he gets chucked out of the out of the um, hotel and stuff, which was kind of funny, but still, like... Let's let's have something like it's just like they he's this great antagonist and then they just fucking drop him. Yeah, it was odd. <laughs> Biggie of antagonists. Uh, what did you think of um, that Miles kid, Josh Green? Oh, what the fuck! Like he's an he's like he's like nearly like sociopathic at the beginning and then suddenly is a nice kid. I know. <laughs> I thought he was shit. He is the, like you're talking about the the chipmunks being the shittest part. He's definitely the shittest part for me. I fucking hated that kid. Uh, that was it was just so weird. I was like, me and my mate were like, ah oh, ha ha, what an asshole. And then we're like, fuck, this guy's like, this guy could kill these. Like these are small animals. These are rodents. And you're like, well, he actually he actually whacks one of them with a fucking golf, golf club. club. Yeah, I like know. that's like broken spine right there. I was like, what the <laughs> fuck? And then suddenly they're mates and like the chipmunks are like, ah oh, yeah, you mess with all of us. You mess with one of us, you mess with all of us, yeah. Part of the crew, part of the ship. And I was like, oh, fuck. It was just so... <laughs> the crew, part of the ship. It was just so weird. <laughs> that character, like, he, he came out fucking guns firing way too much. Like, he was yeah. way too bad to start with. Like, exactly you're saying, sociopathic. He was horrible. And it was just, like, over the top. It was like, the, how do we make this guy be a bad guy? Let's just make him the worst mm. he can possibly be. But you can't do that and then just turn around and make him make us want to like him later in the film. Like I hated him from the start and I I didn't believe for a second when he comes back around. I was like, nah, this guy's a piece of shit. I don't care if you want to cry about your fucking dad leaving, you suck. Oh, that was so uh, fucking lame, I could not stop laughing. My dad left when I was five, eleven years ago. Like, oh fuck off. Like who cares? It's like we've moved on, man. Yeah. We've moved on. this happens to everyone, like Shit. So... I almost wish that he was more of a kid, not a yeah. teenager. If he was like a, a, you know, maybe a six six to ten year old, I think that would have worked a lot better. And I could even go along with the bullying a bit more with a little shit like that. You know, it's just a kid being a little shit, not not a almost grown man fucking going on a road chip with chipmunks. Yeah, I, I don't know. I didn't. <laughs> it was fucking weird, man. Like that old character was just so odd. But there was just moments, though, that were really cool at the same time. Like, while all of these things were happening, there were still moments where I was like, this is actually okay. And I also wonder how much money they put into this fucking movie to get Kaylee Cucco, Um, I don't know if I'm saying her name, last name right. I don't really give a fuck. The Anna Faris. Anna Faris. Who was the other Christina one? Christina Applegate. Christina Applegate. Justin Long. Fucking... Uh, Jesse J- McCartney. Jason Lee. Jesse McCartney. Like, how much money did they pay these people? <laughs> Like yeah, that's, that's a that, those are big names. Stifler's mum is in it. Yeah, <laughs> for like only the smallest part as well. It's just so odd. Like I just wonder how, like genuinely, how long these people. Well, you'd have to think that the likes of Anna Faris and Christine Applegate would get some some they... pretty coin just for coming and laying down like Bullshit. half an hour of tracks. Yeah, I I don't know. It's just so. It's just such a small role, and they got and they would they did it like they did it. Fucking Red Foo's in there. Red Foo, yeah. There's heaps of cameos. 
even um John Waters is in there, and he's like an old, an old like exploitation filmmaker. Like, what the fuck's he doing in there? <laughs> I, I feel like this is just a movie that's been made and you know out of a Hollywood party. They're like, hey, you want to come and do this? You want to come and do this? We want to do. Yeah, we'll chuck you a million dollars each. It'll be fucking sweet. I reckon they all smoke weed together. Oh, for sure. Come up with a movie about talking chipmunks. And they were just like, all right, let's do it. Like, they're like, let's fucking do it. Why not? Let's all be in chipmunks. <laughs> Who gives a fuck? Actually, talking about um, these random people that are in it, they actually do, like, with John Waters, He's he made Pink Flamingos way back in the day, like this black exploitation comedy sort of thing. And they do all these nods to things that just aren't kids' movies and really old films. Like, they even reference, like, The Exorcist. and In this? And, um, yeah. When? When Miles gets to the, the airport and he's showing that, um, that you know, the security guard that Elvin's a fucking doll and set, starts doing all these different things with him and she and he twists his head and he's like, oh, he can do, she can do, uh, yeah. he can do Lin, Linda Blair things, which is Exorcist, the chick who played the Exorcist, uh, the girl in the Exorcist. And, oh, um, wow. I didn't know that. And I was like, what? Yeah, what the <laughs> like, fuck? What are you reference. kidding me? Like this, like it's it's kind of like they're trying to be smart by dropping in all these little hints to old older films and like exploitation films. Like most just most people don't know that, let alone children and parents. Like, good god! It was. It's probably. I mean, like it's just something where I kind of. They're not smart though. Like this movie isn't smart. It's not well no. done. It's a kids' film, and it doesn't ever try and stem from anything more than a kids' kids' film. Um, yeah, you're right. It's not successful at being a Lego movie or a Pixar film or even like a DreamWorks film. It stays in the realm of kids' movie. Straight up kid. Well, this is this is something you would see on Nickelodeon or Disney yeah, Channel. Basically, just, yeah. it's just something it doesn't do anything special and there's no references in it where I'm like, "Wow, that was nice." Like, "Oh, what a cool nod." It wasn't mm. well written, basically. It just wasn't. It was Yeah, just, no way. It was just very like there. It's just in your face. Here you go, kids. I st- <laughs> A story Speaking. that's kind of insulting, almost. Yeah, um, yeah. Like you yeah. can't trust your parents' judgment, but like whatever. Yeah. Speaking, speaking of insulting and bad writing or costume design fucking flaws, apparently for Samantha, you know the chick that Jason Lee's going to potentially marry, to for us to know that she's a doctor, she's got to carry a stethoscope oh everywhere. Oh my god! <laughs> I laughed so hard at that because my my friend that I went with Nadine, her one of her her good friends is a is a doctor and so she's been around the doctor world for you know years and years and years and she was like that really pisses me off doctors don't take their stethoscope to fucking dinner they don't take it to the mini golf place like she just said oh look at this old thing like oh i'm just yeah, i was in such was... a rush like it like fuck off that is so stupid that so really shit. it was just so <laughs> dumb jesus christ oh, i couldn't believe that but did you like jason lee um I don't know. He's not in it much. Like, he's just there. He does the Alvin line, like, twice, but I didn't really yeah. care. I kind of just kept saying, is that really Jason Lee? Like, is that really I him? know. That's all I was thinking to myself. I come to realize, like, I don't think that Jason Lee is all that good of an actor unless he's in a Kevin Smith movie or playing My Name is Earl, especially after watching the first one the other day. Like, he really struggled doing that. Alvin! Like, it was just so lame. And so out of place. But I think when he did it in this one, it was okay. But I have a feeling, like, 
He's just doing this as a cash cow. Yeah, fucking obviously. It's It's Alvin and Chipmunks 4. There's no artistic integrity (laughs) in this fucking film. How did it get to 4? But he's just like, yeah, he just just looks like he doesn't give a shit. He's rocked up, probably fucking hungover and done this shit. Yeah. All right, are we done with this one? Yes, dear God. We spoke too long about it. Fucking hell. It's fuck. It's a fucking Chipmunks movie. We just reviewed the fourth installment of a franchise neither of us have had any fucking interest in from the beginning. I don't care. It's not very fucking good. It's pretty fucking annoying. It's exactly what you think it is. It's uh, it's a two out of five. <laughs> Another two out of holy shit. So you put Daddy's Daddy's Home on the same. I I enjoyed that more than I enjoyed Daddy's Home by Ashmeckle. Oh wow! Yeah, I really, honestly, I really didn't have a fun time watching Daddy's Home. Yeah, okay, fair enough. Um, I yeah, I'm right there with you. It's, it's a chipmunks movie. We we both came into this like expecting yeah next to nothing, and I guess because I came in with such a low expectation, I was a little bit surprised with how much I did have fun watching some yeah. of it like I did like the musical numbers and watching all the these kids dancing around I, I, it was like a really cool atmosphere to be amongst like if I'd watched this at home by myself I would have probably turned it off but because I was a, among all that I did enjoy it but that's not to say that it's a good film because it definitely isn't they've done the Disney Channel formula to a T and we know that's what gets kids into these these cinemas it's made 20 million dollars in its opening weekend it makes sense. So they'll probably make another one now. It's just going to keep going. But, you know, if the kids love it, that's all that really matters. Because this movie's not made for you and me. It's made for them. Um, but for me, it's a 2.5. 2.5? Right. 2.5. I, I can respect that. I respect that score. I respect it, yeah. Fish. I respect it. All right. On to the next one. I'm playing a little bit of Bee Gees because we're heading into Joy. Yep. Here we go. Everybody said to do each and every little thing. Oh yeah, BGs. BGs, boo boo. But what does it bring? If I ain't got you, ain't got you. You don't know what it's like. Baby, you don't know what it's like to be a fish. In the tank. The way I love you. <laughs> what the fuck am I seeing? And we're here, look at Good that. Good God, please, just tell us what this movie's about. All right. So Joy follows, it's basically a biopic, but not actually a biopic, about uh, Jennifer Lawrence's character Joy and the struggles and hardships she goes through as she finds and invents a self ringing mop and her fam- family dysfunction. She's pretty much down in the dumps the whole way through the film until the very end where she finally finds finds success and fucking beats the, you know, stops from stops taking shit and comes out on top. The rise of a of a business tycoon. That's pretty much that's basically the whole film. That is the whole film. Yeah. Yeah. It was a fucking long film, man. Oh my god, right. I said to the person I saw this film with literally I was like the first thing I said is David is not going to like the fact that this is two and a half hours long. I'm like, I'm like, Dave, it's got to be fucking shitty that this film is that long. Because I yep. was shitty that film was that long. The length of this film is too fucking much. David fucking O'Russell does this every fucking time. He's such mm-hmm. an arrogant little cunt. Like, I fucking, I, <laughs> I don't, I don't like him. Like, I don't. You don't. You I do like, not like I like David Silver Lines Playbook. 
but I don't fucking like him. Like, there's something, there is this air of fucking arrogance and pretentiousness to everything he does, where I'm just like, man, I want to fucking hit you in the jaw. Like, if I saw him, I'm like, I just want to fucking clock you in the mouth. And it had yeah. it in this. Two and a half hours for a film about someone who makes a mop? Are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> Get fucking real, mate. Yeah. This is half an hour too fucking long. This is an hour too fucking long. It doesn't yeah. need to be that fucking long because nothing bad really happens. Like, by the end, it's just the same shit. Like, oh my God. Like, Jesus Christ. It's so annoying. So fucking annoying. Um, yeah. It's too long. Look, I'm not, I'm not as much of a hater on David O. Russell as you are. I definitely haven't really liked his latest sort of run of films. Like, we both really didn't like American Hustle. I thought that was a pretentious piece of shit. Yeah. It should have been so much better. Silver Linings Playbook was okay. I, I don't mind it. I did like The Fighter. He did that um, before Silver Linings. That was yeah. kind of where he sort of made his big sort of push for what he is now. But I did really like Three Kings back in the day um, with Matt Damon and... Um, I've seen Three Kings. It's like an army film. Yeah. It, was, it was quite well done. But um, Mark Wahlberg. Oh, shit. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> the the other Matt Damon. Yeah. Um, George Clooney, Mark Wahlberg, and Ice Cube. It was a good film. But um, completely different to what he fucking makes these days. And, and, and you're right. He does have this air of pretentiousness. I know. About I might it, need which, to see which it. Just sort of... I might need to watch it to see if I'm kind of on his side. Yeah. I definitely I definitely am not like a fuck yeah, I need to see every David O. Russell. To be honest, I may not have even seen this film if we didn't have to review it. Um I do like J Law. Uh I know you're starting to get a little bit sour on her as well. I, I was, but she was really, really, really good in this. Like, I'm not gonna lie. I sat in there and I knew like I was gonna come out and like I'm trying to pick a fight. I still am. Like David O. Russell did. <laughs> he's done good. Um just found out he's a, he was a producer for Anchorman. Um, oh wow. Yeah, I mean, like, he did he did good. Um, but, like, I just... I think Jennifer Lawrence really bought it. Like, she did what she normally did. She's a good actor. I'm sour on her just because I'm fucking over her. Like, I don't think she's this perfect actress. But I definitely think she did well in this. Like, for sure, she was she was really, really good. She did She did good. I, I, um, I really enjoyed her. Like, she was so strong in this and, and played this character to a T, so she was perfect for it. Um, but... It's nothing I haven't seen in, you know, the Hunger Game movies. Like, she does that cry, pouty face really well. Um, and that really pissed off face really well. And I'm going with her. I think she's probably going to be up for Oscars and shit with this one as well. She will be for sure. I mean, it's... But that's kind of what David O. Russell films are. And that's another thing that I don't like. It's just like an actor showcase. But like a wanky actor showcase where I'm like, oh, okay, yeah, everyone fucking thinks... Jennifer Lawrence is going to be great and all these actors are great because these characters have flaws. But every single time, these characters have flaws and basically it's a David O. Russell film and everyone's just like, oh, well, I guess I, it, it's, it's pitched as, and, and presented as an actor showcase, so it'll be good. And it's kind of just like, when I watch it, I'm like, man, fuck off. Like, these problems these characters have, they're not any different to any other David O. Russell film. And just because a character has fucking mental, a mental illness doesn't make them fucking captivating. Like, Robert De Niro's having, like, anger management and having, like, having anger issues and he has episodes where he throws shit. I was mm. just like, what the fuck? And, like, the mum who sits in the room, like, watching TV, I'm just like, okay, great. All these characters are severely dysfunctional. You cannot put... You cannot push characters to a point where they're just so over the top, you know, dysfunctional and they have this mental illness and then people go, wow, that was great. 
Did you see that? That was yeah. excellent. Like, fuck off. And that really made me annoyed. It was like, that's how he does it. And that pissed me off. And that's what he tried to do. He tried to fucking pull that. Yeah, yeah, you know, you're right. I like the dysfunctions of this family and of these characters. I, I like, I actually really liked when Robert De Niro lost his shit and just smashed all that, you know, that yeah. china and stuff in, in his ex-wife's room. And that the, I like that the ex-wife doesn't get up off her chair. She's obsessed with these freaking soap operas, which they tried to like sort of bookend the film with, like have that like as a narrative purpose. And it didn't really work at all for me if you're going to do that these characters need to become a real essential part of you know joy's sort of uprising and they kind of are but they're kind of a, a hindrance at the same time but there's at no point do any of like do they overcome their anger like the mum sort of you know has that plumber come in and and gets out of the house a little bit then which is, is kind of nice but it was all just like sort of side stuff it didn't it didn't really didn't really pay off as much as i would have liked to so you're right. There's, it's David or Russell or you know whatever putting in. They're really fucked up and they're gonna play it over the top. And yeah. they must be great actors. Like they could do that. They deserve an Oscar. <laughs> you know, it's Oscar bait yeah. to the T. Like, and that's that annoys me. It's kind of like let's 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 just come back and remember that we're telling a story here. Yeah, that's it. It's look, it's Oscar bait to a T. And then what happens is it gets fucking boring because the film's two and a half hours long, and it's oh, a no. fucking drama film about someone making a mop. And while there is a really good display of tension in a lot of parts and suspense and like and a, a kind of well written arc, it's still a fucking story about a woman making a mop. And it cannot be two and a half hours long. And you cannot sit here and think to yourself that David O. Russell made sure that for two and a half hours you sat there fully convinced. Because there, I was just sitting there like, come on. Like, it's two and what a half you... hours. Yeah. It's to sit for two and a half hours in a movie called Joy, which is lacking joy. I was yeah. not happy any of the time. Even when she fucking wins, she like beats people. Something yeah. else happens that makes it fucking depressing and i'm i was just depressed the whole way through this movie like even when she's you know got her fucking business up and running at the end i feel like they don't really they just sort of give you a little hint of like oh and by the way this is what she went on to do but i'm not happy for her yeah her parents and she still gets fucked over by all her family oh that was so that was so annoying by the way was that there was that 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 instant drop in those characters like her dad her dad's fairly like while an idiot and crazy her dad's pretty supportive the whole way through and then like and then trudy's the same and then out of nowhere they're just fucking evil like just mean people oh man what about yeah is trudy the fan the french chick yeah 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 jesus christ she pissed me off man she pissed me off a lot that just the way she she just turned like even the way her face sort of and they lit her she was just like yeah. the fucking Wicked Witch of the West all of a sudden, like pointing fingers yeah. in her face and shit. And I was all like, hold on a second. Where does like, that come from though? Like what, yeah, what is that? She was that? such a pleasant woman before and now she's just being a bitch about something that she's been given an opportunity to invest in. And yeah, you want to be careful with your fucking, your dead husband's fucking money. But Jesus Christ, settle down. Like when she's like, question number one. Question number two, yeah. and I was like, "This is supposed to be like a really intense, dynamic scene," and yeah. I'm just fucking laughing at this idiot. It's too. It just gets. It's a little too over the top, and at the same time, these characters went from being lovely and having a family that's dysfunctional to these people that become evil because the story needs them to be evil. 
I'm yeah, very, yeah. very critical of David O. Russell films because, uh, honestly, I just fucking don't like the guy. Like, I'm sitting here saying all these things for the sole reason that, <laughs> fuck I'm you, I'm starting dude. to get that impression, yes. Well, like, if, fuck him. Like, honestly, I think he kind of thrives off this perception that because his name is David O. Russell, because he's a director's actor, that everyone's going to like his stuff and, and think his performances are great. But he still delivers yeah. a half-hearted, half-arsed story that really isn't that entertaining. And then he tries to fucking put in tropes, but never returns to them. It's just fucking silly. Like, his whole fucking thing with, um, what is it? Um, the sitcom? Like, yeah, what the fuck the was that? Sit- that was, like, some sort of attempt to, you know, weave this movie through through the dramas of a fucking sitcom and it just didn't work. It, didn't, it was what, stupid. Do you know what's funny? Is that the movie felt like a, a, a sitcom with a big budget, but not in a way that it's like yeah. sort of smart and intelligent. Yeah. It felt like yeah. a sitcom with a big budget because it's a fucking boring show about us. They just talk. The whole way through this film yeah. is just dialogue. And then when there finally is a bit of good drama, I'm like, this is awesome. Like that whole bit with Bradley Cooper... I was like, man, this is sick. Like, how fucking cool is this? Bradley Cooper showing you how the fucking advertisement world works and the marketing mm. world. I'm like, that is so dope. But then it goes back to four people sitting in a room having a conversation for like 10 minutes. And I'm like, I don't want to fucking watch this anymore. Like, I don't want to watch this. I would rather go watch fucking Bradley Cooper have a chat. I have I should <laughs> not have a chat. Bradley Cooper show you how to fucking sell things because that's awesome. Yeah, it wasn't too bad. I, I don't think I liked it as much as you did. I think he kind of was shooed in. It was just like, a, yeah. hey, Brad, he can was, you come in and fucking, yeah. you can, can you be a part of my David O. Russell film? We want to keep the whole that, cr- crew together, you it's know? Such a, it's such a common thing and that's what I didn't like either. It's like he kind of forces all these people, all these characters in and tries to make all of them relevant and then they just fuck off. Like Bradley Cooper's character was probably the fun, most fun to watch out of everyone. And he just fucks off, and then he's at the very end, but he wasn't of any real relevance. And then, yeah. like, it's like the step, the, the the husband, the ex-husband, he's there, and he's super important for five seconds, then he fucks uh. off. Then there's the best friend, and she's not ever important at the beginning, and then she's there for five seconds, then she fucks off, then she comes back. Like, she, there's she's all literally these... there to make that phone call. Yeah, and then there's all the, yeah. and the sister, like, the sister's there, and she kind of. She's is just there being for a, a bitch. Second. But, yeah. like, there's all these different, like... There's too many characters. Yeah, and, and David O. Russell's like, oh, I'm going to craft this brilliant story where all these characters have, like, this deep backstory and this big personality. And But then he just uses them like shit. That Joy has two kids in the fucking movie. There's only one that is shown. Because the it's the girl. girl. Because yeah. this film is about fucking female empowerment, which is great. Like, good on you, David O. Russell, for doing something like that. I don't really, like, when I watch a film, I've become more like you, Fish, where... I can appreciate what you're doing and I can still understand that, yeah, this is all about... Because it is. It's about strong, independent females, this film. But it doesn't matter. Like, I'm not watching this film for anything else than a good story. And you know that more than anyone, Fish. Like, how fucking... Everything I bring up is always about story. Like, every time. If I have a qualm, it's about story. I'm never like, the cinematography is top. And, you know, this film, I'm like, okay, this is great. Female empowerment. Still doesn't give an excuse to make a shitty kind of story, like a shitty dialogue film. No. Like he's trying to, yeah, yeah, I feel like he's trying to ride that wave of like, yeah, look at this. I'm I'm making the next Aaron Brockovich. Yeah, like no, you're um, not. This is nowhere near that. This is this is just <laughs> fucking boring. Fish, you like, and I are pretty fucking salty about this guy. <laughs> like as it is, like we're both kind of like suck a dick, man. Like I suck did, a I, dick. But to be honest though, I actually did come in with some higher hopes. I I. I am being probably a little bit more critical than how I felt when I'm watching the yeah. film, but on on oh so am I 
on reflection, it's just like when I think back on it all, I'm just like, man, what was actually happening in this movie? Like, I all we needed to see was her, you know, fucking make a mop and then do well with it. Like, yeah, and a few hardships along the way, but not not all this bullshit. Let's ditch a few characters. Let's have like maybe maybe the sister and the dad. The fucking yeah. husband doesn't need to be there. The kids don't need to be there. Well, the kids need to be there for her to, you know, want to work for them, I guess. But I don't know. It's just, yeah, it just got so muddled, so muddled to me in the end. And and I just, I walked out so, like, unsatisfied. Like, the great elements, like, performances are great. Like, I won't I won't go against that. We're, we're doing an acting showcase here, and they're all fucking bringing their A-game. Like, Robert De Niro is just as good as he always is. Actually... The like the work to make him look younger, whatever CGI, whatever they did. Oh, it fucking worked well. He oh. looked really good. Fuck, that was great. Yeah, <laughs> J Law just brought what J Law always brings, and I didn't think she did bad, and I don't think she did fucking brilliantly, but she was she was awesome, like she normally is. I hope she's not getting an Oscar for it. I think somebody else needs to get her. I we'll have, we'll talk about that when Oscars sort of come around. She did she did really well, but I don't think she deserves the Oscar. I think yeah. she. But to I, be honest, from memory, I think she probably did. I think she was probably a bit stronger in this than she was in Silver Linings Playbook. Um, uh, Silver- uh, yeah, but Silver Linings Playbook is a better movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. <laughs> to be quite honest, I like Silver yeah. Linings Playbook. I don't yeah. like this very much. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, look, I'm done. I don't want to say yeah. anything else. All right. Uh, look, I mean, like this film has really good moments and I think the performances were of course on point because these are good actors and David O. Russell is a director's actor. And that's great. And it, but but I mean, like it's a it's two and a half hour dialogue film. Maybe if it was ninety minutes, I would have probably been like, this is pretty cool. But it wasn't. It wasn't ninety minutes. It was two and a half hours, and that's too long for this sort of film. It was too long, too drawn out, and it got annoying. And I was kind of sick of it by the end. This film still kind of had me enjoying it at times, though. So it gets a three out of five. I like. I actually really like movies about you know just everyday people. I like movies about. You know the rise out. Yeah, this person's she's she's struggling. She's holding this fucking this this family together, and they all take her for granted. And she has this great idea, and she's gonna finally do something for herself. And she's going out there. That's a great idea for a movie, but that's a great idea for an hour and a half movie, <laughs> not a two hour and a half movie. It just dragged on way too much. Too much characters made everything just really muddy, and I I started to just not really care in the end because I knew that. Even when she gets what she wants, she's still going to get fucked over because her family is so fucking shit. It pissed me off so much that, like, there is no happiness in this movie. This yeah. It just, it gets, even her small wins are only really, really minute. And then we go on to the next problem, which, you know, I like movies like that as well. Like, I love Gravity. She gets out of one fucking problem and there's a new one. But it's tense the whole time and, and whatever. But... And I think that this movie was kind of cut weirdly. It it sort of seemed to just be a little bit of a, like a montage almost. Yeah, it like, was. The editing of this film was not on. I was not a fan. That was another thing I forgot about, yeah. Which is something that I would normally not really talk about because editing styles are all different and it usually works in conjunction with what the film's trying to do. But they literally would be a scene, then they'd play a BG song and lead into another scene and play another fucking song, lead into another scene. It was just like it was a formula that was just really strange to me. It's like this movie could have been split up into web series. Yeah, I didn't really have much fun with this at all, to be honest. And um, despite the great performances and and stuff, I will quickly forget this film. Uh, Two out of five. 
Savage. Savage. <laughs> All right, moving on to the very last film. All right. Play some music. What, what music are you playing here? A little bit of Diddy from uh, The Good Dinosaur we're listening to right here. Mm. Yeah. Get it. Get it. Yeah. Get it, get it, get it. Get it, get it. Uh, uh. Here we are. We're here Let's now. Hello. Hi. What's up? We're going to we talk about the, the good dinosaur. dinosaur. Connor McDuff is going to tell you what the fuck happened in that movie. All right. So the good dinosaur uh, is a Pixar film. It follows Arlo, a little brontosaurus. Now this film's whole gimmick is what if meteorites didn't hit the earth. Which and is so, awesome. I like that. And so the dinosaurs, these dinosaurs are building shelters. They have houses. It's kind of like uh, they, you know, dinosaurs are kind of just living in a world with humans and buffalo and all the other animals that exist now. So dinosaurs are basically the humans, would you say? They've like evolved yeah, to be kind of, the human of the world. They've they've evolved to be what we are. Like they are the apex predator. Anyway, what what happens is basically Arlo is a bit of a wimp. He's a runt of the litter, and after his dad dies in a horrific accident, he gets washed away in a river, and he he's lost his way home. And so the whole film is about him finding his way home, and on the way he meets um a little a little boy who also is lost. Um, and he finally finds himself and he stops being a wimp and he stops being a baby and he becomes a man and he embraces fear and overcomes the obstacles that face him in life. And he gets there at the end. He returns to his family and everybody's yeah. happy. Now, Arlo gets fucking shit on the whole way through this movie. Oh I've God. noticed a fucking trend in the films that we've all watched, which is yeah. every single one. Every protagonist, even out of the chipmunks, they just get fucking shit on. Like, they just get fucking brought down. Pretty sure The Revenant is the same. I've heard The Revenant is the same. There must be a trend going on in the writer's world where everyone just gets fucking beaten to the ground over and over. Because the good dinosaur is just about a dinosaur getting the shit kicked out of him for two hours. That is what this film is. It's fucking full on, hey. Oh it's my brutal, God. man. Like, his, his knees are all fucked up. He's, like, jumping across chasms and catching rocks with his teeth. Yeah. Like, good God. It's full on. <laughs> oh, man, he does. He, yeah, he cops it. I actually, um, I went I went with my mate Matt and, and his two little girls. It was actually quite a momentous occasion, this one. It was the first time Matt took his little girls to a movie, uh, like, at the cinema. So we all got to go. It was the first... You know, first for all of us to take these kids in. And um, we were a bit worried, like worrying if they were, are they going to, you know, get all crazy like kids do? But they were totally focused on the film the whole time and, and loving it. But they brought little, the good dinosaur toys. Yeah. So uh, little Layla had a um, Arlo and Evie, the younger, she's only one and a bit, I think. She has a little T-Rex doll. I, I think it was the brother T-Rex. Yeah. I can't remember his name, like the younger one. Um, but at the end of the film, we were playing with the, you know, the Arlo toy. And I, and I was all like, so this is this is what Arlo happened to Arlo throughout the film. And like, you know, pretended that the, the chair in front of me was a fucking rock and just smashed his face on it. <laughs> <laughs> This is pretty um, much what happened to Arlo throughout the whole film. And, but, it's so funny because Arlo's basically totally justified the whole way through. He's a fucking little kid, terrified because he's tiny. Everyone around him yeah. is bigger than him. He feels yeah. useless. And then the film's like, eh, let's beat the shit out of him. And they just fucking <laughs> torment him. <laughs> and it's full on. Like, I, I was genuinely at times when things were happening to this guy, 
I was like, oh my God. Yeah, like, I was cringing. I was cringing. Like, and like in a good way, not in a way that made me feel like I was like watching a horrible film, like in a way where I'm like, oh my fucking God, that's, that's, I'm so sad for this guy. Yeah, yeah, no, that's it. And you, it you, makes you... it, and you know what it does? It makes it that much more fucking satisfying when he gets through it. Like when he's Absolutely. at the end, I'm like, fuck yeah. Like, I'm like, this is so powerful watching this guy persevere through everything after watching him kind of get shit on for so long. And th- and this is what, you know, we were talking about this just with Joy. Like this, this, this character's getting fucking beat and smashed and yeah. the world just is against him. And um, when he finally wins, we should feel happy. <laughs> and we do because Pixar knows how to make a fucking story work. And they got you from the start to the end and he got fucked up a little bit in the middle or a, a lot in the middle. And when it finally happens at the end that he gets back to his family, we are so happy. And yeah, that's how it now, goes. I, mean, I like, want to walk out of the movie feeling happy. Now, this film still has issues. One of the things it didn't have an issue with was how fucking pretty it was. This film oh, it looked good. was breathtaking. I'm talking photorealistic. Like, Man, that water... That well, there's a bit you know where he wakes up yeah. um, from the river, like in the background. I was looking at the water and like the the break of the water, the white the white tips and such, and I was like, that that could just be fucking real. Like that is real. Like that's so the impressive. Whole film, the whole film is real. Like the whole film looks ridiculous. It's so pretty. Like whoever mm. the animators that did the cinematography and the lighting deserve a fucking Oscar. I don't yeah. give a fuck that it's an animated film. They fucking made that. They made that yeah. shot. They didn't just put a camera there. They fucking made everything yeah. within the frame. Yeah. That is spectacular. It is it's, one of the prettiest films I've seen all year. Like, it's drop-dead yeah. gorgeous. It's unbelievable. I will say that I, I don't know if I really particularly liked the Arlo. I don't know. For, for a Pixar film, I think it was just a, a bit generic. He did seem... You know what it was? I think it's just the fact that we've seen so many cartoon dinosaurs and he looks exactly like another cartoon dinosaur. Like, he was a little... You're right, because I agree. It was kind of throwing me. Like, he seemed a little too goofy. Cartoony. Like, but it's, it's funny. You, you want them to... They need to look like a cartoon. They still need to be adorable and, and fun because we've got to sell toys and, and we've got to fall in love with these guys. Like, if you go the Disney dinosaur route, like the original... Just, I think it was only a Disney film. Like that looked good, but they weren't cuddly. You need to do it, but you can do it in a in a, a more creative way, especially when you've got such a great world that they're inhabiting. That, that that really surprised me that he was just so generic. Because like you look at like Monsters Inc. and all that, like yeah. they made monsters look cute and great, so they can do dinosaurs. That was my only sort of. I did like the look of the T Rexes though. I thought they were kind of fun. <laughs> they've got like these big chests and as they're like running their chests don't move but they're just like galloping they look like horses the, the, yeah yeah <laughs> now yeah, like that right. was they did yeah Arlo, Arlo's design was a little annoying but I did like the character and I also liked the boy as well Spot he was yeah, great the boy was cool. I really I really enjoyed Spot but I kind of felt like because he is like uh, Arlo blames him as kind of the cause for his dad but it kind of yeah. just felt like Spot was there like nothing, it was just kind of like he kind of was there, just hanging out. He didn't actually kill the dad. Really, yeah, it was he just really the circumstances. Yeah. He just kind of is there for that moment at the very end where he leaves. Oh, when he Arlo, finds... Oh, yeah. are you talking about like Spot was just there for the movie? Like Yeah, the yeah. Entire, he's yeah, kinda, he, he's he didn't really kinda, have much of an impact? Yeah, he's just kind of hanging out. Like he drives... Um, he drives 
I like to do a lot of things. But yeah, I think one of yeah. the, the things that I really would have liked to see more was the fact that Arlo did them himself. Because he goes to save Spot right near the end, and that's that moment yeah. where he does it himself. But I would have appreciated yeah. it if he did it more. I did like the dynamic, though. I really did like the, the two characters together. Yeah, it's funny. I didn't. I didn't actually even notice that watching it. But now that you've said it, I definitely see it. Yeah, I think I just liked him, and I liked their little friendship. Like, especially when they started out so sour, and you know, there's that really cute scene of Spot bringing Arlo all these different types of food. Like, he brings him that fucking bug, bug and rips its head off, and was all like, "Come on, eat it." And Arlo's like, "Nah, man, get out of here. You killed my dad." Yeah, it's. it's um, it was yeah. cute. Like, I liked him. But I and this is probably. Oh, it's probably. One thing I'll, I'll, I'll continuously say throughout this review is like I, I felt like Spot as a character he looked a lot like um, do you remember that movie The Crudes? Yeah, yeah, he looked yeah. a lot like one of those characters, and th- and this and it starts to make me feel a lot like this is more Dreamworks. of that DreamWorks style yeah, rather it. than a Pixar film. And you know, my only other um, Pixar film that I've actually said this about is Brave and this is slowly starting to come into that sort Brave, of realm Brave was definitely uh, one of my least favourite Pixar films yeah you, yes we, <laughs> we've been through but, this um- <laughs> but it, but it's not it's because it doesn't feel like a Pixar film yeah. and, and I'll I, I feel confident saying that this one didn't really feel as Pixar-y as I would have liked it to it didn't no I agree I, I kind of was what, hoping for more. Like, I really yeah. was kind of hoping for more. There were moments, it just felt off. There was something well, off about it. Yeah, um, well, we've just we've just come off Inside Out, which is yeah. one of the best Phenomenal. films I've ever seen. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like, to come from that to, to this, and it's, it's like, we've got that Pixar branding all over it, and it's like, okay, shit, Pixar's doing a dinosaur film. Like, I love dinosaurs. This is going to be, this is going to be great. And it's good, but there's... It's, it doesn't have that heart that yeah. I expect from a Pixar film. Um, that's it. It, it kind of lacks. It's missing something from it. And I don't know what it is. I think it might just be that heart, like that that feeling of there's just something not there. But it's still still enjoyable. Like Yeah, it's like it's definitely still an enjoyable film. Like, by, like I still really like The Croods and I like Ice Age and all that sort of stuff. But it's, again, just more of a kid's film than a masterpiece like a lot of Pixar's work. Yeah. Like, I like all the characters. Like, I actually wish we'd seen a little bit more of Arlo's, like, siblings. Because that scene when they, they all come out of the eggs and... Is it Butch? Uh, Butch? yeah. Buck, maybe? Bull. 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 Well, whoever that fucking... Yeah, it's Bull. The, his brother sure. is. And he comes out and he's just whacking shit with that stick. <laughs> I lost my shit seeing that. He's like, comes up like little Arlo's like coming out of the egg and then he just comes up and starts whacking him. And I was like, I wish that was, you know, went on to be more of a thing like that. Well, I wanted to see, I wanted to see more of this world of these other dinosaurs and stuff because it's really just a story about Arlo getting home and they kind of chuck in the T-Rex bit and the pterodactyl bit. But I really wanted to see more of these other dinosaurs in like this world because it just kind of felt like that he lived on this lonely mountain range and it still felt like that by the end of the film that they lived they were quite isolated where they were and I would have liked to feel more like it was a thriving sort of place and this is how dinosaurs live exactly and and it, it was strange because the only sort of glimpses we got into that was you know the farm that his parents run yeah and then the bulls that the buffalo that the the t-rex are sort of chasing about but it would have been cool if he'd like maybe come across a village or a a town or somewhere where there's a a hub of dinosaurs and and because that's what pixar does so well 
is sets up these brilliant worlds like the world of cars the world of the toy story kids the monsters inc you know the world of monsters hiding in the you know in the in the closets finding nemo like the in the going ins and outs of of the great barrier reef it's um yeah. that's something that they do so well and, and you're completely right that's they've really dropped just, the ball I there wish, i wish it felt more of a journey i was a little confused about like how far they were going and what was going on it just kind of felt more like they were still just walking home like it didn't seem because they had the river the whole time like yeah, and, and that's all they, this movie is it's just a walk home um yeah, yeah and that's kind of bothered me i wish it was more but i mean within saying that they, it was still really fun to watch it was still a great time it just was miss- missing the things that would have made it you know made it that perfect film yeah. now that but the t-rexes were fucking brilliant those yeah, that t- they were my favorite that whole t-rex thing with the raptors well, that it pretty was, much became a western in yeah. that part like which I it really, felt like rango really yeah yeah but did, those t-rexes did. and like how it like it he kind of like stands up for himself and he becomes this cattle like that's when it started feeling like a journey when he's like helping these guys herd these buffalo and i'm like man that's so great to watch like yeah. that's so special and it was yeah. really pretty. This whole film's gorgeous. Like I cannot get over how <laughs> fucking pretty Can't this movie is. Stress that enough. But that's it. Like, and and that's what we needed more of is is just that world building, like we were just talking about. Like, because that's probably the best part of the film. Bar, it probably actually yeah. is the best part of the film. And then I really like you know the farming and stuff at the start. So I just I just really would have liked to see more than that because it's 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 a movie I've seen before. Otherwise, yeah, it it's it's pretty much. I'm almost certain it's the same sort of plot as The Land Before Time. I haven't seen that for a long time, but I, I feel like that's these these little dinosaurs trying to get home as well, back to their parents. Um, and, you know, he's a little Apatosaurus as well. Uh, so that's... Yeah. It's a little little mirror imaging there. Um, but talking about shit that I've seen before, man, all I could think for half of, most of this movie was um, The Lion King with so many different things, like the dad falling into the chasm like that's Mufasa dying. There's a bit where all the um the buffalo are coming through and they hide behind a rock. That's kind of like the stampede in yeah. in the Lion King. Um the raptors reminded me of the um the hyenas. So and they even talk, they even say the same sort of things like, "Oh, what are you doing here? You got lost, did you?" Like sort of stuff. It, it, like, it felt like Jesus a movie. Christ. It felt like a movie we've all seen before, yeah. My girlfriend Beck, who's a fucking huge Lion King fan, just every time something came up, she was like, "Lion King." Lion King. Lion King. <laughs> oh, so, shut up, so. Beck. Man, Beck's been talking mad shit all over the fucking... Po- she starts, she's starting to clearly fucking listen to the podcast. And she's just telling me to <laughs> fuck off on everything. Like, every <laughs> single fucking, like, podcast we've done, I'm pretty sure she's told me to piss off at one point or another. Um, I'm sure she'll fucking disagree with this and write something on some post to be like, fuck off. Oh, my God. <laughs> I need to say this. I need to say this because I feel so fucking bad. I don't think I brought it up last time. But, like... She posted a photo of uh, no, sorry, you po- you posted a photo of your um, yourself and someone in a Chewbacca mask, and you're like, "Oh, here at the Star Wars premiere, should I shave my beard?" And I wrote, being me and you being you, I was like, "You need to shave your pubes," is what I wrote. <laughs> and then Beck commented and told me to fuck off. And while Beck Beck and I do partake in a bit of banter, um, I didn't really understand. Uh, where that came from and I was like what and then I check and Beck was the one that posted the photo and she made the joke because she was in the Chewbacca mask so I had just told your girlfriend 
the champions. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, fuck. And then I said, I said to, I said to Beck, I was like, fuck, sorry, I thought you were David. And she's like, oh, I just thought you were being a fucking pain in the ass. And I was like, Beck still didn't give a fuck. Like even, no. even before she was like, oh, no, I didn't care. Like, fucking yeah. hell. Oh man. Yeah. Anyway, that was great. That was such a fucking funny moment. Um, <laughs> yeah, she cool like that. She cool like that. That was funny. Um, anyway, moving on from me being an idiot. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I, um, I agree. Like, I, I agree that this does. It really does feel like a film we've all seen before. Yeah. But saying that, in terms of bad guys, man, I love those pterodons. They were those fucking. They were great. Hey, it was oh. such a di- it's such a dig at religion too. If you didn't know, like, <laughs> I know, right. <laughs> It was good. It was nice. But I, I like because they sort of start out being like, oh, we're going to, we, we're going to help people. We're going to, you yeah. know, we come through when the storm comes and we, we pull out little, little critters and, and, uh, you know, basically we help them and well, that's what you think. And then they eat them and it's like, shit. And then they're trying to eat spot and it's all kind of cool. And, but when they finally come back at the end and they're like circling above and they're kind of like sharks they're yeah. like their little fins are, are coming out of the um the clouds I, like that was such a good moment like fuck that was cool and then you know arlo has his moment of redemption where he saves spot and that was just great i, I really enjoyed that yeah i agree i agree completely i thought that those guys were great but i mean like they weren't really in it much i didn't really feel like the film had much of an antagonist which is okay because i think they may maybe if they were around a little bit more it yeah might have been i mean like I, it's fun it's very pixar to not really have an, an, an anti-character. Um, Inside Out doesn't really have a character. It's about a journey. Finding Nemo doesn't really have this one driving... They, they meet people along the way, just like in this... Um, yeah. You know, it, you got Sid. You got Sid in Monst- Monsters, Inc., that purple one. Yeah, like, but even I mean, he's like, not really around for the whole movie. Uh, Sid. Isn't it Randall? Sid's in... Oh, Randall, Sid, sorry. Sid's, 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 Sid's the kid, the kid in Toy Story. Well, he's no, a bad guy. Like, a lot of films have... <laughs> uh, like, some of their films have it, yeah. Um, but others don't. Like I can, I can think of films that don't have a driving antagonist that push the the guy, the the protagonist, the whole way through. But thinking about it now, I think maybe it probably would have worked well in this movie's favor to have have them constantly yeah. on their tail or something. Like just a little bit more of a push to you know, shit, we're running out of time. We need to get home. You know, and then maybe mum can fuck up these pterodactyls, That's but then it, it ends yeah. up being being Arlo who does. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Like it's again, it's not something that I'm like, fuck, man, that was horrible. But like, I I really liked them when they were there. So I guess I would have liked to have seen a bit more of them. And Steve Zahn was the voice of the main one, which is always good. I love, yeah, I that love was Steve great. Zahn. But now I, I I do like how they have set up. You know, 65 million years ago, the the meteor mist and dinosaurs just kept on living, and they speak english and you know they're the ones who are making farms and doing all this sort of stuff i think that's a really cool it was cool but it was a gimmick that they kind of relied on in marketing but never actually went into in the film and that was disappointing and that's going back to that world building like i keep coming back to it like it's such a dropped ball because that is such a great idea and the fact that you know the humans are basically dogs like man's best friend like dinosaur's best friend is human like that's cool like it's all really cool ideas that we don't get to go into too much um and then spot you know fucks off with his little family who are all just they walk around on all fours which i think is funny oh that's great too yeah they're sort of like dog like thing yeah 
It's not, I don't really have much else to say I'm about this. Well. It's, just, it's I, pretty. It's, it's pretty hard to really get into this one because it's just. It's just. It is just what it is. It's a. Yeah. It's not brilliant. It's not awesome. It's not fucking horrible. It's that in between that seems to be a lot of the movies that we reviewed That's last it. year. Um, well, let us know what you think about it. I um look. I had a really. I had a really good time watching this. This is by far my favorite out of the four. I very much enjoyed it as I do most Pixar films, but it kind of didn't hit the mark. Not as much as Inside Out. It was very, very pretty. Uh, the dialogue was excellent as well. Like it just, it had those fantastic moments, but at the same time, the, the overall story just didn't really feel like, it didn't feel big and grand like most Pixar films. Uh, I give it a 3.5 out of 5. Look, when we went, uh, you know, I said I went with my, my mate and his two little girls, and I think this was a perfect film for them to sort of start their cinematic journey with because it is a kid's film. This is one of the most kid films of the Pixar library that I've seen. Like, it's, there's, you know, there's nothing that will sort of go over kids' heads and be there for the, for the adults, really, that I can, I can remember. Um, it's not, like, smartly written like a lot of the other ones are. It's a simple story of a dinosaur getting back to his parents, and yeah. kids can relate to that. And I think it will do really well with the kids like it did with Matt's kids. Like, they loved it from like like i said they were focused on it the entire time and we were worried that they were gonna you know, possibly get a bit rowdy and get you know short attention spans like running out sort of thing so it's done its job but i come in expecting a pixar film yeah that's it and i didn't get a pixar film i got a dreamworks film which again i'm okay with but that's not what i wanted and for them to drop the ball with this whole world building thing is a little bit disappointing to me but at the end of the day, it's still enjoyable. But I feel like I'll, I'll quickly forget this as well. Like, I probably won't ever go back to this one. I'll buy Inside Out. I probably won't buy this. Uh, but still fun. And I had a good time watching it. With And I think being with the kids actually helped that. So I give it a three out of five. Nice. I can respect that. Well, this is, this is interesting because I think this is one of the weakest boxing days I've seen in a long, was, long time. Oh, dude, at work, it is not busy at all. Not what it should be. It's, yeah, boxing day is like the day. Like it this, is. That's the day that the shit gets... And, I, and I, I, you got to blame Star Wars. Star Wars killed boxing day yeah, <laughs> because it right. came out just before it. And everybody's seeing Star Wars still, which, you know, fucking, if you haven't seen it, go fucking watch it. So and then listen, then listen to our podcasts on it. But it's um it's if 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 Star Wars had come out on Boxing Day, then that's a different story. But like Star Wars doesn't need Boxing Day. These these movies were all stuff that we could have seen in April. You know, like yeah. there's nothing there's nothing special here. Every other the years before, at least the last three years, we've had a Hobbit every year. We had a, a Big Hero Six last year, I believe. Um, like pretty big shit. Like. I think Big Hero 6 is better than any of the, the kids' movies we've this, watched yeah, here. Yeah, it's true. I agree. So it's it's really kind of disappointing. And, and, and I wonder if this is going to become a trend now that Star Wars has that late December time slot. They're just going to keep bringing out gold and we're going to keep going to watch that. And is this going to kill Boxing Day? What do you reckon? I, I don't know. I think, I think Boxing Day will be fine. I think it'll be okay in the end. I think it's just something that has happened this year because, to be honest, the releases this year are pretty abysmal on their own like i think it was just a matter of these films aren't that good and while star wars has had a big impact i think you know the first one's out now 
no film's going to mm. be as big for a long time as The Force Awakens. So next year is an anthology film, so I don't think it's going to be as crazy. At yeah, all. Rogue One next year, is it? Yeah, the it. Rebel film. Yeah, yeah, it'll be interesting to see what that because that's not it doesn't have Harrison Ford. It doesn't have like all that nostalgic feel. It's its own thing. So that'll be interesting. But I think we need another tent pole on Boxing Day. We need another big franchise that comes out on Boxing Days. Yeah. But I am worried that they'll keep all the franchises away from Star Wars. So it'll be interesting to see what we get up to next year with our third Boxing Day bonanza. But um, this year, it's just been that average that average um, in between that most of the year's been, to be honest. How many 2.5s to 3.5s have we given this year? So fucking many, man. Like, this year was was pretty disappointing when it came to movies. Like... uh, Look, I I don't... I don't... Like, there have been some very big highs for me. Like, and actually, I'd like to do right now, um, like, just off the top of your head right now, what would you say are the top three films of 2015? Star Wars, Inside Out, and fuck, I don't know what else came out this year. Um... What else came out this year that I loved? You Mad Max? Mad Max was out this year. Um, yeah, Jurassic World, Terminator Genesis, uh, Birdman. <laughs> Avengers. Birdman. Oh, Birdman, yeah, of course. Birdman, Birdman was probably the other one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was way back in what the day. What about you? That was nearly a year ago. Well, definitely Jurassic World, of course, mm-hmm. uh, and Star Wars. And then I'd probably say Mad Max. Yeah. Oh, it, was, it was so good. It's the only five out of five I gave this year. Yeah. What did you give a five? You gave Well, you gave Empire a five. But of yeah. the, did um, you give anything else? I'm pretty sure I gave I gave Inside Out a five. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I gave it a four point five. I'm pretty sure I gave it one higher than you. I don't think it was four point five. Yeah. There you go. Well, Inside Out would be a uh, a close fourth for me. There for are a sure. lot of biopics out this year. Yeah. There are a lot. <laughs> Fucking Black Mass. Now. Legend. Legend was good. I did like Legend. Uh, like, we have had some great films, but just in general, it's just been that mid-range. And yeah. and that's not necessarily a bad thing, but, like, it's usually, like, I, I remember when we first started this out, we were, we were given a lot of, like, higher ratings and yeah. a lot of lower ratings. Nothing and there was rarely, that. I hate I hate giving threes. I hate giving two point fives because I feel like it's it's kind of a cop-out. It's like you, you either like a film or you don't like a film. That's but it. it's... It's been. It hasn't been that way. There's been a lot of movies where I was like, "Yeah, that was cool." <laughs> That's it, man. I'm just looking at all these movies. I forgot that all these came out. Um, <laughs> it's been a long year. Uh, yeah, it's been a really long year. But yeah, yeah, my goodness, we got through it. A full year. This is our first full year where we've gone through and done from January to December. I'm very That's proud right. of us. We did well. We stuck with it. Pack them back. We have. We have. I haven't it's missed a week. Speaking of which, we're taking a two-week break. <laughs> <laughs> we're going. We're going to take a little holiday break um, yeah. from now after this one. We're going to come back in with the Revenant, though, because uh, I think in the next few weeks we've only got like Point Break, which I'm actually pretty pissed is happening because Point Break is one of the greatest action films of all time. Keanu Reeves and Patrick Swayze kicking ass, and we've got this fucking new one with. The fucking ex-husband from Joy playing the Patrick Swayze character was yeah. just... I don't know. I'm sure it'll be great, but... Mm-hmm. I don't know. But, yeah, we're going to skip that one, and we're going to come back in with The Revenant, and then The Hateful Eight. And then, because our Star Wars retrospective was so successful, we're thinking we're going to do a lot more of that sort of stuff next year. Yeah. So, what's the, the first big movie coming Batman, up next year? Batman! Superman! <laughs> so, we're thinking we'll probably... Talk a bit of Batman, talk a bit of Superman, watch a heap of their movies before we lead up to the the big supposed 
new start to the DC Cineverse. That's it. Um, is it too late? Probably, but we'll find out when that comes out, and we'll That's talk it. about that then. But um, in the in the next week or so, guys, like check out all our old podcasts. Like we've got this is our 69th podcast, so we've got plenty of movies that we've dropped our stupid opinions about. And um, if you want to have a listen to them, you can just subscribe to us on iTunes, and you can get every single episode on there. Or just head over to Podbean and search Fish and Connoisseur Movie, and you will find our ugly mugs, followed by every one of our episodes there as well. But guys, thank you so much for the support this year. It's It's been mind-blowing. We've actually had a lot of love coming our way, um, especially lately. And we you have no idea how much that means to us. Like We, we love that you guys are digging what we're doing. And we want to keep giving you guys what you want to hear. That's it. Thank you so much, guys, for another fantastic year. We really appreciate what you do for us and support us. And it feels like you guys are really starting to, to, to get into it. And we love that. And we love all of you. Anyway, you're all a bunch of cunts and I hate you. Play the music, Fish. Thank you for listening to this episode of Fish and Connoisseur Movie. Fish and Connoisseur Movie does not own any rights to any of the films The Good Dinosaur, Elvin and the Chipmunks Road Chip, Daddy's Home, or Joy, their marketing, or their soundtracks, and no infringement is intended. The track Homecoming is performed by Michael Danner and Jeff Danner. The track To Love Somebody is performed by the Bee Gees. The track Thunderstruck is performed by ACDC and the tracks Uptown Funk and Turn Down For What are performed by the Chipmunks. <laughs> <laughs>